right, so obviously UFC 297 went down um, over the weekend, just gone. And one of my main takeaways from that event overall is this friction between certain members of MMA media and the way they cover the sport and those within it. So let's talk about it before we do. My name is Rahul J. Chan. This is The Battle Camp. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. So look, man... <clears throat> This is a very difficult topic to discuss, right? Because a lot of people are very sensitive about social, political issues that seem to keep cropping up within the sport of MMA. But I don't know if it's just in my head, but I feel like I've noticed this rift between MMA media and those within the sport develop. And as time progresses, it seems to be growing bigger and bigger as someone just emails me for work. Um... <clears throat> Now, when I kind of look back on my own kind of consumption of media within MMA, like I remember when I first started watching the sport, giving away my age now, but there was a real scarcity. There was hardly anything out there when it comes to content, right? I've never really been much of a reader. Um, the only people that I ever really paid attention to when they wrote pieces is is Chuck Minnenhall um, and a bit later on Sean Arshati. Um So I was a I was kind of hungry, looking for content online to watch, to listen to, right? And back then, all I really had was interviews that Ariel Helwani did with Fires. I don't even know if MMA Hour existed as a show back then. You had obviously Joe Rogan podcast where sometimes he'd have fighters on and that would I'd get really excited. Oh shit, fucking Bass Rutin's on, so I better listen to that one. That sort of thing. Actually, Bass Rutin had a show that I think was on TV in America, but they'd have it online for us over here in the UK. I can't remember what that was called. And then I think Luke Thomas started appearing on that show. That's where I first became aware of Luke Thomas. But the point I'm trying to make is I remember the infancy of content creation media within the sport of MMA, right? So where we're at now is it's almost like an oversaturation. Like there's so many different options and there's so many different people that are going to say what you want to hear as a fan. Like I'm part of, if it's a problem, I'm part of it. Do you know what I mean? Because I sit around making videos that some people like and others don't. And I'm sure, like I said at the start of the video, a lot of people aren't going to like what I'm going to say here, right? But one thing that I do seem to remember, <clears throat> and it might just be me looking at things in the past with rose-tinted glasses, is there was a period, <clears throat> like 2007, something like that, to, between 2005 to 2011, 12, 13, where I felt that we had a real core of actual journalists, reporters, whatever you want to call them, that had access to Dana White to ask Dana White difficult questions about incidents that happen in the sport, um, about the business side of the sport, um, about claims that people might be making about the UFC, about being treated unfairly, that sort of thing, right? And in that era, I feel like Dana White actually stood there. He was always brash and he's always been um, a guy that is... Is, is strong in his convictions. But in that era, I felt like he gave these questions credence to where he answered them to a level that you got some form of a response or, a, or an opinion from Dana White. 
what happened on Sunday or, or, or Saturday night, depending on where you live in the world, between Dana White and that journalist, it wasn't a, to me, to me, it wasn't a response to a genuine question. What happened on Sunday was Dana White basically just diverting from the topic that I believe he clearly knew the reporter was driving at, latching on or leashing on, should I say, to a specific word and avoiding a genuine question. Like, it's one thing if you ask a question in bad faith, but if you're asking something in good faith that might be difficult for you to navigate as the CEO or whatever his actual title title is, then, like, to me... <clears throat> He, it should, that shouldn't have been, like, I suppose what I'm trying to say is back in the day, he wouldn't have been able to get away with that because there would have been enough, um, enough journalists that have, and I'm going to use this term, but I don't mean it in a derogatory way, that have the backbone to go back and forth with Dana White, right? Now, I'm not saying that this journalist, I don't, I think it's John Pollock, his name is like, and he's one of the guys, one of the first guys that I remember seeing covering MMA back in the day. But, like, I'm not saying he doesn't have the balls or the nerve to go back and forth with Dana White on that specific topic. But what I am saying is, given the current context of media in the sport, I feel like the power to do something like that has been taken away from reporters that are at these events where they get to directly question Dana White about certain things. Does that make sense? So, <clears throat> with that being said, <clears throat> I, I don't know, like, sorry, I got a, I got a bloody phone call there, so I had to pause it. But where was I? Okay, so what I was saying is, um, John, it's not, I'm not saying that, Pollock, that's, I don't even know if that's his name, but I'm not saying he doesn't have the balls to go back and forth with Dana White. I just feel as though the way things are, the environment that things are happening in currently, um, I don't feel like members of the genuine members of the media have the freedom to explore these ideas, these conversations with Dana White, the same freedom that they had back in the day. And I feel like this is very dangerous, right? Because whether you... Um, 100% agree with Dana White's ideas when it comes to politics and social issues, whether you 100% disagree with Dana White, whether you 100% agree with Sean Strickland or disagree with Sean Strickland. I feel like it's important to be able to engage in conversations with people that you don't agree with without it turning into a argument, without it turning into a cussing match without it turning into people insulting each other personally right so if you're Sean Strickland and you've made a statement in the past <clears throat> that is controversial that might annoy people and then if someone that is clearly annoyed decides to question you on that you better be able to back up what you said previously because to me stuff like free speech or um, woke or snowflake, like all of these terms, to me, it's just a cop-out, right? And what I mean by that is, if I sit here and say to someone, I don't agree with what you've just said, and then you just dismiss 
what I you just dismiss me because you you just say oh you're woke you're a snowflake that's not that's not that's not getting to the core of the issue personally I agree with a lot of what Sean Strickland has said I don't agree with how he says it and I feel like that is one of the major issues in all of this because if you can't if you can't convey your ideas without making personal insults to a person that disagrees with your ideas then you're never going to be able to progress does that make sense and then in the midst of all of this <clears throat> every everyone now has a camera and these mics are quite cheap to purchase i'm sitting here making videos on youtube and there's loads of people like me that sit around making videos on YouTube. And there's loads of people that make content around the sport of MMA. And there's another kind of parallel idea where Dana White seems to be gravitating towards content creators rather than journalists um, to get his stuff out, right? Um, I can't even remember the last time Dana White sat down with Brett Okamoto to discuss the sport of MMA. Like, there was always a time, like, after him and Ariel Hawani had their fallout, because the, Dana White and Ariel Hawani would guaranteed have a long sit down during the lead up to a um, numbered pay-per-view event. That was a guarantee. And then you'd see them two sit down together and talk on a regular basis. And I feel like in that era, Ariel Hawani done a good job of questioning Dana White on things within the sport, right? He pushed him. And I felt like Dana White was a good enough sport to to give him that freedom to 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 question him on his decisions, on things that he said or things that have happened in the sport and respond to Arahawani, right? Um, and now we literally don't have anyone in the sport that is able to do that. There's this court case that's going to happen in April where fighters are going to sit down and say the UFC have got this monopoly over the sport and um, what they've been doing for all of this, these years is illegal and we deserve compensations and some of the laws and rules within the contracts that they provide for the fighters need to change to give fighters more freedom, blah, 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 right? There's court cases going on and I, I haven't heard anyone question Dana White about that at all in the last few months. I haven't. And the prevalent faces within the sports, that the sport that used to be at these media events, the Luke Thomases of this world, Ara Hawani himself, obviously, um, a couple of others, they used to be at every media event. They used to be at every press conference. They are, used to ask real questions. And they're not there now because they've slowly but surely been removed from the equation. And he's brought in people like Nina. And I've got nothing against Nina drama. Um... She's not here pretending to be a journalist. She's very open about the fact that she's a content creator. Um, her Instagram page is full of like these, these these like comedy skits and stuff like that. It's like, like sh she's not someone that I go to 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 get MMA content, right? But there's nothing wrong with what she's doing because she's not masquerading as a reporter or a journalist. She's just here to make content for her YouTube channel. And she's got these relationships with certain fighters and she's got a relationship with with the organization itself right but the but the way that actual mma outlets have dwindled in terms of access to 
key people within the organization and the way they're able to discuss important topics is a bit of is is concerning to me it's concerning because <clears throat> we you can't just ignore things such as the lawsuit that is happening in April like you can't just ignore important issues within the sport you can't just dismiss things and say oh it's just free speech it's just free speech and I, I, I watched the MMA hour this week where Ara Hawani was discussing how you know previously there was a precedent that there was a line and, and, and uh, Matt Mitrione and Nate Diaz and, and uh, Torres and, and there was a, a load of people that that were punished for things that they said out on the internet and that doesn't seem to be the case anymore um so when this journalist on sunday or saturday night uh was asking a question to dana white it was a genuine question because there was a line but it's not there anymore why why is there no no, no longer a line um <clears throat> i don't know i just feel like that look one of the main things that made me make this video is I'm not a fan of the way Sean Strickland conducts himself when he's got the spotlight. And the reason why I'm not a fan is even if I agree with some of his ideas, the way he the way he expresses those ideas <sighs> removes credibility from his actual point of view. And I like and and I'm I'm I I'm 37 years old, right? And I feel as though Sean Strickland, yeah, he's a big star in the sport, but I feel like the people that kind of look up to him, probably younger than me, and I, I kind of I worry a little bit, not because people are looking up to him, but to me, what I see is a bloke that has had a very traumatic childhood. And it just feels as though he's just seeking attention by saying outrageous things. And it started and he started to get more and more attention. So he's continuing to do what got him to the dance. But to me, that's not really a person that that I would look up to and say, wow, what a guy. What an amazing human being. Like to me, someone that I'd look up to and say, what a guy, what an amazing human being is a fucking, the Jim Millers of this world, you know? And like, I, I it just, it, it just reflects where things are going in terms of the kind of content people gravitate towards, the kind of content that gets numbers. Like the truth no longer matters. Like I made a video previously talking about how a lot of the stuff that people said about Ian Gary and his missus, it was just factually incorrect, right? <clears throat> and I listened to, a few weeks ago, I listened to Daniel Cormier and Ben, As ben Askren talking about these topics about Ian Gary and his missus. And even them two were just sitting there just saying factually incorrect things. Like even to prominent figures within the sport, the truth doesn't matter. Like, nobody wants to go and do the work. Instead, they'll sit down and listen and watch MMA Guru talk about these topics. And the problem that I've got is a lot of people are hungry for, for likes and, and, and clicks and numbers and views, which is, I'm the same, don't get me wrong, I've had a couple of videos that I've done views and I've 
got ex- like it's, it's a good feeling it feels nice when when you look at your phone and you think oh bloody hell i've got five new subscribers or 10 new subscribers off this one video and you know it's getting more and more views and the watch time is longer and stuff like that like it is a nice feeling right but at the same time i can't sit here and just say outrageous stuff and just ignore how i actually feel and how i actually think in a pursuit for that sort of gratification I can't, and <clears throat> I've watched some of the stuff that Ian, like I watched Ian Gary, not Ian Gary, um, MMA Guru's video about um, about this woke media and stuff like that, and he was just like, I watched five minutes and he was saying, oh yeah, the, the same journalist that, that questioned Sean Strickland came and tried to question Dana White, and it was two different, like basic facts like this that are totally incorrect. I can't understand. I can't understand how people can continue to latch on to this and, and, and enjoy it. Like, doesn't don't you as a as a consumer, don't you want to know that what you're believing is true? Or does the truth no longer matter anymore? Is it just about get watching stuff that <clears throat> watching stuff that you think you agree with and that's the only stuff that you're gonna consume? Does that make sense? Like me, I sit around, and not just with MMA, like when it comes to politics and stuff that's going on in the Middle East currently, I'll watch stuff from both sides just to kind of get an understanding of everyone's perspective. Um, And I feel like that's happening less and less, and it's showing in the sport of MMA and how people and, 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 and the outlets that cover the sport of MMA and, and the people that are coming to prominence within the sport of MMA. Like, I started this channel because I was such a big fan of MMA Beat, right? And I used to sit there and listen to all the guys express their opinions, and I'd agree with some, I'd disagree with some, but I wouldn't disrespect anyone for their opinion because I knew it was coming from a place of a well-thought-out idea, and they're just expressing how they feel. Nowadays, I don't know whether people actually sit down and talk about how they feel. They just have this idea in their head of, I'm on this team. I'm on this team, and because I'm on this team, no matter what the incident, no matter what happens, my point of view needs to align with the ideology of this team. And that's fucked up. That is totally, totally fucked up. Because you can't always agree with the same group of people on 100% of the things. And if that's the case, then aren't you just the sheep? Aren't you just a sheep if that's the case? Because I've been, I've been um, accused of being a sheep. Oh, you're a sheep. I made a video about Bryce Mitchell and people were saying you're a sheep for questioning Bryce Mitchell. And even in that video, I said I agree with a lot of what he's... I agree with a lot of his ideas, but he, he, the way he's expressing his opinions is actually counterproductive because he's kind of talking about all of these ludicrous conspiracy theories flat earth and stuff like that which then kind of puts a spotlight on other other stuff that he said that i agree with and it's like oh well nothing nothing he says it um warrants anyone's thought because you're just you're just mad you're just talking absolute shit but anyway I've gone on for so long and I've said a whole lot and nothing at the same time. Like, I'm, I, I'm struggling. I, I wish I, I, I... Maybe I should have written something down and then spoken about it. But this is an ongoing conversation and I'm happy to revisit it. But please feel free to share your thoughts in the comments. Um, and then, 
if there's something that someone says that makes me change how I feel, I'll definitely talk about it. If there's questions, that genuine questions that need to be addressed, I'll talk about it. But like, I feel like it's important. I suppose the, the main takeaway, it's important to be able to talk to people that don't have the same point of view or opinion as yourself for us to grow. And if you're just gonna keep, if you're just gonna keep dismissing the opinions of the other side, then you can't progress. It's as simple as that. Anyway, if you've enjoyed the video, please do give it a like, subscribe, share, all of that good shit. I've got a meeting in literally one minute, so I'll catch you guys next time.